This is MJ. I'm an author. I'm an artist. I'm an analyzer. Welcome to, welcome back to Digimon Chronicles, which you can find on MJMunoz.com. I am going to continue reading chapter one, part five, part one, cha <laughs> sorry, chapter one, part five of the Digimon Seekers web novel, Wolf of the Ninth Avenue. And I'm sorry, I made it sound like that's the name of the book. The chapter title is Wolf of the Ninth Avenue. This is the fifth part. It's 2,247 words by way of the machine translation on the website, and I'm going to read it right now. I'm predicting it'll be a 13-minute read, but I do not know. We are, at this point, 40 seconds into the um, introduction into the file, so we'll see how long it takes. And I'm going to cap myself at a 5-minute reaction commentary on it because I don't have enough time today. So here we go. <clears throat> Digimon Seekers, Chapter 1, Part 5. There are two major ways to obtain Digimon in the digital world. One is to capture Digimon by making full use of tools. The other is to collect Digimon eggs, known as Digitama. These are a bit different from the eggs of birds or fish. First of all, it is currently accepted that Digimon do not have a gender. They are neither male or female. So, how are Digimon born then? When a Digimon dies, it leaves behind data that can be called its soul. Then. Somewhere in the digital world, they are reborn as a new Digimon. This sounds like reincarnation, but there is much we still don't know about the ecology of Digimon. Humanity still knows very little about the digital world. Digi-Egg The night is not yet over. Dusk and twilight are forever and ever. No, what looks like the sky is a sea of networks. What looks like clouds are the waves of the web and shooting stars are streams of information. It's like the bottom of air. The shimmering pale light comes from the real world far above the surface of the sea. The network world is brilliant and beautiful, but the world in which many are living is, without exception, somehow broken and stagnant. Rusty iron rains down, the wind smells of blood. Sewage, with its pungent smell of chemicals, bubbles up before being swept away. A drainage ditch. It is not. It's more like a blockaded city where mineral poisons flow. A trail of strange fluorescent colors glowing in places. A trail of unidentifiable garbage data chipping away at the seawall, spewing out of the fenced-in estuary. Why is there a flow in the digital world? The flow of time. Why are there natural phenomena such as the flow of matter and weather? Why is there such a mountain of garbage, obviously brought about by life and society? According to one theory, networked contact with the real world, including human society, has brought about such diversity and circulation of data in the digital world. If this is true, Europeans once discovered a new continent, bringing with them pathogens that could destroy the local empires. It's like the plot of a suspense movie in a science fiction world where interstellar travel has become possible and an unknown bacterium attached to a spacecraft causes a terrifying crisis. The contact between mankind and the digital world has changed the other world and the creatures living in it. Is this a good thing or a bad thing? Nobody knows. It is not the job of the police to determine right from wrong. In the area, there were many hidden agendas. A wireframe schematic appears on the heads-up virtual monitor. The Last Coast. Whoever named it aside, it's a beach of red iron sand 
Digitama collected in the trash data stream often wash ashore here. Some poachers even take advantage of that. Deputy squad leader, we have a suspicious Digimon in sight. A police radio voice chat comes in. A red dot of light flashes across the map of estuary area on the virtual monitor. It's an unidentified Digimon. This is Tamahime. Continue the search. She borrows the eye of her Digimon, which sticks out from the river surface like a periscope. Detailed search is underway. Espumon, child, cyborg, virus type. Got it. So it's like a tiny toy. It's a Digimon with an appearance that is hard to describe and difficult to report. At a quick glance, it looks like a retro comedy robot show toy from the Showa era. The body is big-headed, like an upturned snowman with manipulator arms and only a rocket-propelled nozzle on its leg. Four bodies in total. You've got a code cracker on you. All four of these bots are toast. A click of the tongue. A bot is police slang for a Digimon that is automatically controlled by a tool. Digimon are all the rage among code crackers these days. Cyborg-type Digimon are good with tools. It's a good choice for beginners. Digimon are left in the digital world and left to the AI tools that will help them search a certain area and capture and collect the data they are looking for. It's a common code cracker technique. If there were a... If <clears throat> if this were a real server, the target would be trade secrets and personal information. But in this remote part of the digital world, what can code crackers possibly make money from? How many Digitama did you get? Only one so far. Eavesdropping. Listening into the code cracker's grim voice. Chat conversations. The voices are young. No evidence of voice changer use. All of their voice chats are getting leaked. Are they amateurs? The Digimon is a bot, but the code cracker who controls... Are, sorry, but the code crackers who control it are also connected to the internet. Basically, it's like they're playing a game on the internet. Deputy squad leader, what should we do? Much like the code crackers, they are controlling the Digimon with docks and tools. The view of the rusty coast and the digital world is also observed in the form of schematic diagrams and numbers on virtual monitors, but it is not directly seen or smelled. We know, but we don't understand. Were those the words of some famous scholar? The only one who knows, and she is the only one here, is the deputy squad leader, Satsuki Tamahime. The tool blocks more than 99% of sense of smell. Satsuki's Digimon actually love poor environments like this rusty iron beach. Police can't just pick and choose when it comes to criminals. Arrest them all. More than 10 green dots suddenly appear on the virtual monitor schematic. The code crackers, Epsimon, have long been surrounded by Satsuki and the police forcibly jam their voice chat. Then the command Droman squads will take control of the targets from two directions. Understood. The Espimon are not aware of what's going on. The code crackers cannot see them in the first place, and they probably don't even know where their Digimon are. The only thing they can see is the crude LCD screen of the Digimon docks in their hands, so they are not alerted to what's going on. But Sansky, she can see them, as they actually are, with all of her senses. She is the one who has transcended the yoke. How dare you? How dare you, Codecrackers, come here? Voice chat jammed, followed by a warning. The Espimons finally notice their presence as they hear a beautiful voice echoing in the background. At that moment, the Digimon and Dusatsuki, who had been creeping along secretly, stand up and surround the poachers. Commandramon, child, 
cyborg, virus type. It's a Digimon equipped with police regulations. In appearance, they look like dragon men or lizard men. They are equipped with helmets and body armor with police written on them and wield assault rifles. Commandramon have a special textured surface that allows them to apply electronic warfare camouflage based on their surroundings. This allows them to approach the enemy undetected. Digitama detected! The Commandramon secure the poached Digitama. Their tools and everything else are also secured. All that remains is to arrest the actual code crackers themselves to finish the job. Nothing more to say after that. Who's that? The Digipolice. Come on! The code crackers finally grasp what's going on, but can do nothing more than grumble in the voice chat. Sasuke gives the current time of the arrest and charges. <clears throat> You've been caught red-handed. Go quietly or else. There's no escape. You've already been cracked. The police mean business. We already have your names in schools. The problem is that these code crackers seem to be high school students. They might only be taken into custody, not officially arrested. Some bad influences probably urge them to be code crackers for profit. This kind of thing happens all the time. Arrested? On what charge? We've done nothing wrong. Violation of the Unauthorized Computer Access Prevention Act, and the Basic Network Act, and the Digital Vandalism Prevention Act. In other words, you're guilty of poaching Digitama. Satsuki speaks bluntly. This is the digital world. It's not a nation. Why are the Japanese police getting involved? The code cracker kids may think they are wiser than the rest of us, but they're not going to get away with this. Satsuki... <clears throat> Satsuki breathes in and out, her voice thick with a hint of dread. Freedom of the network, freedom of the digital world. By that you mean... That's the crack team's philosophy, is it not? It's a big topic, but you can talk all you want in your sleep on your social networking sites. I'll knock your teeth out, you code crackers. Boom, 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 boom. Satsuki's Digimon, which had been hiding underwater with only its eyeballs protruding from the surface, appears like a submarine. Squee! The red lights of the patrol lights rotate. The sight of the Digimon, their horrible moaning and their slimy power make the code cracker Espimon tremble. Satsuki's Digimon, listen to me with your ears plugged. In reality, you're all Japanese citizens. For as long as you're involved in illegal activities, you're going to be in trouble with the Japanese police and you're going to have your guardians called. Devanish. The Espimon suddenly disappear. One after another, the Commandermon lose sight of the targets at the end of their muzzles. It's vanishing magic. As soon as the Espimon press the buttons on their belly buttons, they disappear, melting into the rusty seaside background. Optical camouflage? You're nuts! An invisibility cloak. Simultaneous fire. The Commandermon all fire at the same time. The firepower of the entire squad. The Espimon, clad in camouflage, are and outmatched by Commandermon, however, managed to slip past the police encirclement. This has nothing to do with the Codecracker's operation, but with the Digimon AI's self-defense function. Mikanorimon! As soon as Satsuki gives the order, two more Digimon appear behind her, camouflaged. Mikanorimon. Machine. Adult. Virus type. This Digimon is larger than Espimon and, and Commandermon in terms of scale. It is about three to four meters tall. Its body color is white. Its appearance is that of a robot, a humanoid power suit with long arms. Although Digimon are officially classified as police equipment, Mechanorimon are classified as special purpose vehicles. Inside is a dedicated Commandermon who is in charge of piloting the vehicle. Ving, wing. The monocular monocle, or monocle probes the area with a glare. By equipping it with 
powerful detectors, sensors, and others, other electronic warfare equipment. The Mechanorimon can serve as a field command vehicle. Scree! An optical weapon is emitted from the linear lens embedded in the body of the Mechanorimon. Twinkle beam! A laser beam grazes one of the invisible Espimon. With a flurry of sparks, the optical camouflage dissolves, and the Espimon falls onto the beach, among the dancing and scattering iron sand. These three... The three red dots on the virtual monitor are fading, flashing, and falling apart. You won't get away. Fire! The next round is charging. They can't all be caught. Satsuki and her subordinates aboard the Mechanorimon communicate. Petite impulse! A bolt of lightning pierces the rusty coast along with a thunderclap. Satsuki's reaction is delayed by the unexpected event. Huh? The Espimon? The police radio blares, one after another. The blackened espimons crash and become wreckage. A lightning bolt strikes the three remaining espimons simultaneously and with great precision. Who is it? Scott Satsuki looks at the new marker that has appeared on the heads-up virtual monitor. It's just standing there, seemingly unperturbed. On top of a deactivated espimon, it looks like the legendary beast Spirit of Thunder. Is that Pulsemon? Pulsemon. Pulsemon. Child. Beast. Vaccine type. It is difficult to even catch the sight of the Digimon that moves at high speed in a zigzag pattern, as it is known as the electric lightning. Is this a new code cracker? The Commandermon squad points its guns at it. I'm the one who uses Pulsemon. Satsuki knows the name all too well. There is only one person that the police know of. It's a hacker. Deputy squad leader, your orders. The hacker, judge. Zap. Pulsemon glances at Satsuki's Digimon. You've got a soft spot for Digimon, Deputy Squad Leader of the Digipolice. Pulsemon gives her a smile and a kiss, and then immediately flies away like a bolt of lightning into the sea of networks. Um, I'm pissed off. Deputy Squad Leader, the Commandermon Squad asks for instructions. Satsuki is shaking inside with anger at being ridiculed, but she manages to maintain her composure as the field commander. We've got the Espimon under control, and the Poach Digitom are secured. I'll leave the rest in the real world to the authorities. That Pulsemon is. Leave the hacker jerk alone. He's not going to catch up with us anyway. And besides, he's also... Satsuki's clearly flustered. The hacker linked to Pulsemon is the same kind of hacker as Satsuki. One who has broken the yoke. Copy that, Deputy Squad Leader. Sorry, we're going over the K-line. If you exceed the time limit, you'll be in trouble with the squad leader, and you'll be penalized with a pay cut. Yes, after you, and the Digimon, the subordinate reports quickly. Huh? Satsuki is now in an uncontrollable mood. The Digitama that had been lying on the beach earlier are now gone, and of course, they were stolen. Like a bolt of lightning. Pulsemon, hacker judge, give us back our evidence. That's the end of the chapter. So, I am... <laughs> going I, I need to cough hold on excuse me so for the record i'm going to say that was approximately a 14 minute read uh and i i have, I have less than five minutes to finish this commentary so i really liked that uh it was interesting uh again i feel like the chapter breaks are weird like part chapter one part one should have been a prologue and then uh chapter one two three and four could have been their own chapter and now this one could be its own chapter because we're we've totally changed scene we've totally changed uh, topic. We're in the digital world. I It's a little confusing the way it was written, but it sounds like we're in the digital world and that this police lady, um, 
gosh, what's her name? Satsuki is in the digital world as well. <clears throat> and yeah, that's what it sounds like. And it, it, it's a little complicated. It sounds like she's in the digital world. She can see the Digimon or maybe she sees them on the heads of display and her team in the real world is dealing with these two high school students who are they together or they're in separate places and like each of their homes gets invaded or, or they're like at, hanging out at a juice bar or something. <laughs> Sorry, there's a Power Rangers reference. I don't know why. Um, and yeah, I, I, I can't tell if that's what's going on or what. So it's a little, a little dense, but like the, most of the language was very good. Most of the, uh, the translation was very good. And this definitely had a flair and a style. It was very, uh, militaristic. It, it felt like I was reading combat. In fact, um, I recently uh, listened to a series of books called uh, Full Metal Superhero by uh, Jeffrey H. Haskell. Uh, it's uh, Arsenal is the short name for it. Arsenal is the name of the character who is the uh, the Full Metal Superhero. It's a lady who builds herself a, you know, a flying robot suit, like an Iron Man type character. Anyway, so um, a lot of the battles in that were really good. Or, yeah, Almost all the battles in that were really good, and honestly, the the flair and the action uh, in this kind of reminded me of that. So that's cool. Um, I like the personality of Pulseman. I don't know if that personality is from his the hacker that's his partner or what, because um, like you know, blowing her a kiss and you know winking at her and then running off or whatever. Um, you know, that's fun, and it's something a, a jerk would do, and something somebody who's, like, gloating would do. And I like how much it irritates her. He's really pressing her buttons. That's a good thing. Uh, I mean, especially for, like, an antagonistic-type character. Um, and I'm not saying Pulse One's necessarily evil, but at least they're antagonistic towards each other at this moment in their relationship, and if they end up all, you know, banding together to be a team to stop whatever threat from the digital world or whatever is going to happen in this story... Um, It'll be cool that there's that arc in their relationship. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Um, I like that. So I, I like the writing style of it overall. I wish I had been able to read uh, Kekun's, um, you know, human translation of it instead. But alas, uh, you know, I did know that that would be sporadic as she did. So, you know, it's okay. We'll get to it when we get to it. Um, <clears throat> hopefully Chapter 6 will get a human translation, but we'll see. Um... But, yes, I, I really like this. I really like the, the, the feel of it and the flair. And uh, Satsuki seems interesting. I'm super... I'm sorry, I called her Scottsky. Um, it does seem peculiar to me that uh, these kids, these high schoolers are saying, like, well, this is the digital world. It's not the real world. How do you have authority here? And she's saying, well, you're Japanese citizens. Wherever you go, <laughs> basically, uh, you will be subject to the Japanese authorities. And... Um, I'm not saying morality is, like, dependent upon where you are, but certainly, like, governments have jurisdiction, and, you know, it's described that these kids, uh, with their Digimon, their Espimon, are poaching these Digi-Eggs, these Digitama, but <clears throat> I don't know what they're going to do with these Digitama, and, uh, I don't know. Is it fair for an individual to claim the Digitama for themselves if they want to? And why can't they? Other than the fact that, like, Digimon are living things, but if they're going to tend to them and care for them, uh, you know, those Digitama were going to hatch and be... It's like, like you know, it'd be like saying it's wrong to, you know, domesticate a dog or something like that. Especially because we don't fully understand... Well, Pulsemon just talked, right? Um, so that's good. We know that the Digimon talk. But we don't know the full level of sophistication and um, level of autonomy that these, you know, artificial or, you know, digital beings have. So, I don't know. That's That's an interesting concept, but like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm not a, uh, 
I believe in justice and I believe in law and order. I believe it should be um, from within. What do you do then when people choose to uh, violate the universal moral principles and you know steal people, take the or steal things from people, hurt people, um, you know, ruin property and things like that? Uh, should they not be punished or have consequences? No, of course they should have consequences. Um, but uh, you know, how do you? How do you handle it when, like, the people who are supposed to meet out punishment and supposed to give them their consequences are also acting in a criminal way? And how does that all work? Well, that's a, a tough question to answer. And other than policing the police, uh, I don't really have a, a quick answer for that. So um, I thought the, the whole cop thing was a little interesting. Um, obviously, like, the, you know, cyber terrorists who brought down that plane should be dealt with in a severe way, but, like, you know, are these kids only going to have their parents called or are they going to, like, ruin them? Because Japanese society is pretty severe. If you step out of line, I hear you can be ostracized. And I think that kind of ostracization uh, can lead people down a, a bad path where they have no choice but to continue hardening themselves into uh, a more derelict type of person. And then, you know, that leads to a whole, a whole series of other things that I don't want to take the time to discuss right now. But I thought this was really interesting. Um, there was... A couple things I wanted to make note of, um, something felt like a reference that I wanted to mention, and, um, gosh, mm, I almost wish now that I would like, printed this out, or, like, highlighted it so I could come back to it. I'm gonna take the time to do that next time, um, I'm reading one of these, because it would be more interesting to be able to come back to it and comment specifically on stuff that I highlight as I'm going through it. So anyway, I'm going to stop for now. Um, I thought this was really good, really interesting. Uh, I'm liking the deepening of the lore of the digital world. And yeah, that's all I have to say for now. I'm, I'm really curious to see like what, if, well, we have Satsuki, who's a police, a digi police member. And we have uh, AG or Fang, whatever, who is a code cracker and she goes after code crackers so seeing the two of them interact at some point is going to be very interesting or at least it should be anyway that's it for neck for me uh check out the next episode come back for more of digimon seekers as i cover it on digimon chronicles my podcast where i'm going to be talking about all things digimon as time goes on and uh yeah i'm going to go ahead and get out of here this is mj signing out i hope you enjoyed that Go to mjmunoz.com to leave any questions, comments, or other feedback you might have. There you can find all of my analysis, art, and fiction. I cover books, tokusatsu, comic books, anime, and more. Look around. You're sure to find something else that you'll enjoy as well. This has been a Story Over Everything production.